All right, we are live. Well, uh, welcome to the Acid Estate Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Kyle Fairbanks. And today we have a special guest who has been in the real estate agent game not too long, but has been absolutely killing it. And he's been a longtime friend, been here at the very almost beginning of Acid, and he's starting up, you know, 80%. That's what we were talking about. 80% seeing the journey gone through. Um, but I would love to introduce uh, Alex Bradshaw, who's uh, been killing in the game. But go ahead and introduce yourself, Alex. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the intro. And yes, man, it feels like I've been able to watch it all. So it's been super cool to, to see your guys' journey. Um, I am a realtor out of Seattle. Um, I am 21 now, just turned 21 a month or so ago. Um, so that is fun. And I've been in the game for about two years, two and a half, if you include like internships. Um, but yeah, I've seen some pretty cool success in the Seattle market, um, close to 20 mil. I'm at about 18 closed and pending and hopefully we can get, do better as we go on. Straight so. up. Straight up. That's awesome. Man. Yes, sir. Well, I, I mean, especially in that Seattle market, I mean, you, you've been really, you've been really, you know, the thing that I thought was the greatest thing that I saw was that you were actually, you know, going through school, doing all of that. And you, you like would tell us in the calls. I don't know if this is for me, man. I don't know if I could keep doing this school. You just weren't that kind of type of guy. But uh, would you want to go in depth on that? Like why why you – because you dropped out, right? Right, yeah. I'm completely done with school right now. And you just freaking and, real estate game after. That's awesome. Right, man. And I do remember that because I used to – I literally – I don't think everyone knows, but I literally – when, you know, they started their stock – uh, Discord, like I was in those calls every day with them, you know, and, and it's really cool to like, it's just crazy how network kind of plays a huge game. Cause it's like, I'm still connected with these guys and good friends with them to this day. Um, but I would literally be in the calls and I would tell them like, man, school, I, I just can't stand it. And I was going every day, but then I was also interning at a real estate firm at the same time. And then not a lot of people know this about me, but I also got licensed in insurance while I was going to school. So I was just kind of juggling a bunch of different balls trying to see what, you know, worked best for me. Um, and I kind of played it safe, to be honest. I finished a whole year of school before making, like, the actual decision to um, completely jump out. Um, but, yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I kind of – I stayed the entire year. And then once that year of schooling ended – I summer hit and I did like five or six deals and I was like, this is some pretty good money. I think I might be able to stay afloat, you know? And, um, and so then I just kind of full sense it. Right. Right. I think that's actually, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting. I feel like a lot of people go through the game, like kind of going to school. And then a lot of them that like, just don't think school's right for them, literally drop out right away and end up killing it right off the back. They're like, cause I mean, you put yourself in like a survival instinct at this point, like, all right, well, I just actually t- took a really pretty big decision dropping out of college. Like, now I have to succeed at this. And it's kind of like I'm going balls to the wall, going all in 100%. Um, and I'm going to make sure that I succeed at this. Exactly. And that's what tra- like that's what really gave me that, that leap was I was interning at this firm for eight months, and I didn't sell a single house, you know, for those eight months. And then when I dropped out of school or decided I wasn't going to go back, I had no choice but to succeed, you know, otherwise my parents were going to be on my ass. Um, you know, I myself was going to feel shitty about not, you know, being able to to do what I need to do to kind of stay afloat. And and so it put me in a position where, like, I had to work hard. I had to bust my ass in order to, to make it happen. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And I feel like uh, that goes hand in hand with a lot of things, like a lot of people that go on to because I mean, real estate, being a real estate agent is pretty much being an entrepreneur at the same like same time. 
Same thing. Right. Like you're starting your own business. They don't teach you how to sell, you know, million dollars, million dollar houses, and in, in like the real real estate classes that you have to take to get your license. Um, they really just teach you how to memorize. And I mean, what did you think about the real estate school? It's pretty much just memorization, right? Yeah, I mean, bro, I haven't used like ninety nine percent of the stuff I learned on the actual test, like at all. Right. Um, and so that's where like your brokerage comes into play and like just doing extracurricular. Like I spend a lot of money on just like coaching and, and trying to build up my skills and networking. Um, and that's what really is going to make you the agent or, or whatever you might want to be. But as far as real estate and as that's what's going to make or break you. Um, the real estate schooling, anyone can get licensed and everyone thinks it's very easy. And I also fell victim to that. I thought it was super easy. You know, like, oh, I'm going to sell a bunch of houses. But damn. I got in and had a wake up call for sure. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. I feel that. Yeah. I mean, that's that kind of goes hand in hand with everything. Like the the kids today too, and like on TikTok, you see all these drop shippers promoting. I don't even think I don't even know drop shipping is actually real anymore, bro. I think that that's kind of completely sailed. The ship has sailed. I think all these right. people are just selling courses, like trying to pull some more money in. Sucks. right sucks no i'm with you on that but uh but all these kids see like them like you know see that on tiktok like oh they're doing so good like i'm just gonna hop in the game it's gonna be like that when really like all this stuff that anything that's gonna be worth it it's gonna be it's gonna be hard as fuck dude it's gonna be oh hard, yeah you know but i did see i i do remember seeing you specifically i don't know when it was i think it had to be when you came to dallas the first time you were you were actually at a real estate event and you had buckets of notes bro you were writing down every single thing just to make sure that you didn't miss out on any kind of knowledge and i think that at a young age that is the most beneficial thing you could do and i was like i was actually impressed when i saw that i was like oh my god this guy's going in and i just love to see that i love to see that bro um, yeah i appreciate i appreciate that bro it means yeah. a lot so you say networking is probably one of the best things that um you know that's been able to help you in the game so is, would you say that going to all these events would probably be the biggest network uh, kind of thing that you have going for you? Like the biggest network to add networks to your you know, inner circle? Yeah, and it, it, it's the events that I go to, which I go to like the Tom Ferry and Mike Ferry. For those of you that don't know, they're like probably the two largest real estate coaches for just like agents. Um, and I'm also in like an investing um, kind of group with Thatch Nguyen. I'm sure you guys have seen him on TikTok or wherever. Um, and then and then it's just places like also like, you know, Asset Estate where it's like a, a group of like minded like individuals. You guys have the same passions and you guys talk and, and do the same things. And when you guys are all working towards that, you know, each other's struggle. You can kind of bounce ideas off each other's heads. And what I did was when I went to go and network with certain people at these events, is I would hear all these certain things and I'd write them all down after I talked to someone, I'd write it down so I don't forget it. And then I'd try every little idea that I was able to grab from them. It either worked or it didn't, you know? And if it worked, I kept it in my business. And if it didn't or it wasn't my thing, I just kept I kept moving. Um, but the, it was all from networking. Like you learn to sell, you learn all these different techniques from networking and from other people being successful at it. Right. So yeah, huge huge for me to go to these events 100 percent, 100 percent. have you uh so would you say that going to these network events have able to would, would you say that, that you would expand your knowledge more from going to these events or you were making more connections to lead to more sales i would say i mean the first two three events i went to it was like i was just 
a sponge. Like I was taking everything in because it was all sort of new to me. And then now that I've gone to, you know, five, six, seven, probably even eight events at this point, um, it's kind of, it's a lot of the same knowledge, but it's reiterated and it keeps you very motivated. Like I go every six months because every six months I just need like a little kick, you know, to, to see these other people just killing it. And I'm like, I needed this motivation to go back and go and do the same thing. Right. Um, and then there's also new ideas. But once you go to these events quite a few times, it starts to to become kind of the same concept. Right. There's some new things, but then it's more network. And now I'm going to these events and I'm seeing like, you know, 20, 30 people. I already know because I met them at the last events. Right. And I'm building that relationship, building that bond with people from different states, killing it. I would say, yeah, I would agree. I would say that that's yeah. probably the biggest thing too, right? Build, building those relationships because in real estate, you know, and we see this time after time after time, you know, you are not going to succeed in real estate if you're not able to be a good person. You're not able to build relationships. You're not able to utilize those relationships to your benefit, right? Hundred um, percent. There's so many different people in this world, and I feel like. That's one thing that we really press here is that like every single person is their individual asset, whether you are super good at technology or you're super good at public speaking or whatever it is, you know, there's a bunch of different skills in every single person. And, you know, using those people to connect and network, you're going to find value on how to benefit yourself and how you can benefit them. And it's just like a value add, almost like real estate, right? When you when you fix up a house, you flip it, you do the value add. It's like you get that money back. That's like kind of how relationships go. You give up, you give that value add and you get it back. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and to kind of piggy tail on that, if I can real quick, um, the same thing kind of happened with a client with me very recently. And I just want to tell a quick story. I was cold calling because that's the main source of my business. We'll probably get into that a little bit later. But I was just had a regular conversation with this older lady. She's from Louisiana, has a condo in Seattle. And, you know, we had this nice conversation. She's like, you know, I always hang up on people, but you were so nice. Send me an email with your information. And if anything ever pops up, I'll let you know. I just like, like two weeks ago, got an email back. And this was eight months ago when I spoke to her. And she said, hey, my cousin also has a house up in the Seattle area. They're looking the list in the next month or so. Um, I'd love for you to give her a call up and to go meet with her to be considered for the job of selling her home. And it was all just from me being nice and sending her an email, you know, so it's like, (laughs) Little relationships, it's insane. Right, right, no, hundred percent, and that's that's the thing too. Like I, I remember, uh, I I started wholesaling when I was like nineteen years old, dude, and uh, mm-hmm. I had one really big lead, and it was like one of my first deals too. And I was just like so excited, like I was helping this lady out. I, I think I I cleaned out her whole backyard for her just because I was like, I'm gonna get this deal, and then she wasn't really she wasn't interested in selling anymore. I was like, damn. Anyways, right. so I gave her my number and I, you know, like went on with my life. Literally called me like seven months ago, bro. Called me seven months ago and said, hey, Kyle, I was actually just, rem- I just remembered, you know, you, you were a huge help back in the day and uh, I'm interested in selling my house now. Can you help me out? I was like, wow, that was like three years, four years ago. Like that is insane. So really, you know, those relationships you build, they don't go away. It just really depends on like, you know, how, how much value are you actually adding to the life? How much do you actually seem like a genuine person? How far can it go? Oh, yeah. That's a great story. I love that. It just, that's like literally such a good story. Right. <laughs> back, man. Three, four years later, that's insane. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, it says my audio is bad, but I think Amir says my audio is, is a little weird. Huh. Check one, check two. It sounds pretty solid for me. I'm not sure about the stream. Uh, let's see. Audio codec. Time out real quick. 
should be good. Should be good. Let me know, Amir. Let me know. A little bit better, he says. But anyways, going off that. Um, you know, so I mean you you are pretty you're twenty years old, right? Tw- twenty one now, but I just turned twenty one. So just turned twenty one. All right, all right. Did you go out to did you go, go out, do a big party event or did you just really focus on your real estate? <laughs> I I uh well, I definitely, well, bro, I wanted, I wanted to go buy my first drink. They didn't even card me. So I was like, man, I didn't even get the pleasure of going to get carded <laughs> for being 21. <laughs> um, but no, I, I honestly, uh, I was in California with my girlfriend and we went and saw a little baby and Chris Brown. So a little chill, you know? That's, that's a good chill. time. That's a good time. Yeah, man. So you know, time. being 21 and doing $17 million worth of sales within your first two years, like that's a pretty big accomplishment. What would you say? was the number one thing that led you to be able to do that? So I would say the first thing is go and find a mentor, which is super cliche. Everyone says it, but it's super true. For me, it was my team leader, Vena. Like she is a year older than me, but she's like my big sister. She's a freaking killer. Um, And so I basically just saw everything she was doing and I just duplicated it, you know? And at the end of the day, it really just came down to taking action. And the easiest thing as a realtor is you get your license and then you don't do the work because there's no one holding you accountable. And it's so easy to fall behind because of that. And uh, for me, I'm a huge cold call guy. Like I spend all my time on the phone from 8 to 11 a.m. every day. I'm calling, making 30 contacts um, and adding any leads to my follow-up system. And then I just follow up with them. And that's been my largest kind of reason to doing so much business is just being on the phones. And now that I'm getting into the game a little bit more, I'm able to sort of scale out or delegate certain tasks to other people. And so it's becoming a little bit easier. But I'd say the number one thing, find a mentor. The second thing is you've got to take action. You can't sit back. Right. No, 100%. 100%. I've seen a lot of kids that, um, you know, educate for so long and then they just really don't make that next move. You know, I've seen so many people write down like buckets and buckets of notes like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm not ready yet. And it's just like, no one actually knows what the hell they're doing until they actually do it. And it's just like, I, I was talking about um, on one of the podcasts a couple of days ago uh, about, um, what is it? Uh, Thomas, Thomas Edison. Is that mm-hmm. his name? The guy that built the light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's right. Um, yeah. But when he was creating the light bulb, right? He's just throwing things left and right together. No one really, he didn't know what he was really doing. He was just doing it. And that's what led to his success. And that goes hand in hand with Steve Jobs. It goes with Mark Zuckerberg. When they were building all these different kind of innovative, you know, platforms and devices, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just kind of going out there and just doing it. They're like, I see a vision. There has to be a way to do it. How are we going to do it? And oh, yeah. it comes it comes first with the action take. Oh, for sure, bro. And to add on to that, my first three deals, I had no idea how a contract worked at all. I had buyers. I was just... They said they wanted to go and look at houses, so I was opening the damn doors to them because that's the <laughs> easiest thing to do in real estate. And then when it came down, they're like, hey, we want to buy this house. Like, I literally didn't know if I should ask them. I didn't know to ask them about what they wanted to offer, like how much they wanted to offer, if they wanted to offer an inspection or not. Right. So I had to go home and like literally call <laughs> my broker and just have him walk me through everything. And I did that the first three or four deals. Right. I didn't know what I was doing, you know, but now it's like... You just learn as you go, and it's. I think, it, in my opinion, it's better to learn as you go than it is to sit there and just prepare for a ton of time and then to go and act on it. Right. No, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. That's with everything. That's with literally everything. Oh, yeah, with everything. You know? um, but, yeah, I think that's 100% spot on. I, don't, I, don't, I think that you know the more action that you're taking, the more experiences you're getting. 
uh, the more actual knowledge you'll pick up from those experiences. Because I mean, experience you can't you can't teach experience. You cannot give away experience. It just does not happen. And uh, right. for an example, there's uh, someone in the community a couple of days ago that was asking about. Uh, someone was pressing them about if they were an investor or a wholesaler, and you know, obviously they're probably just a wholesaler at this time because right. they're to get in the game. Um, mm -hmm. But he didn't know how to answer the question, and it's really just like you go in with open arms because technically you are potentially looking at it to be an investor at the same time as a wholesaler. You might partner up with a deal, maybe you are seller finance the deal, whatever it is. But right. um, you know, just going through those kind of steps and learning it. Who cares if you look like like kind of dumb at the start, right? I mean, I've looked stupid so many times. Oh, me too. Like especially me too. talking to these corporate guys in business, you know, uh, like my lawyer and stuff. I don't know what he's talking about. Like I'm like I'm I'm 24 years old, bro, and he's talking about all right. this high level corporate stuff. I'm like, dude, I, I've been in the game for three years. You've been in the game for 40, bro. <laughs> I don't know what right. you're talking about, you know. Uh, no, but, for sure. but going off that. Um, you know, uh, so I mean, you you were in the stock game for a little bit. What made you want to go into real estate? Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, um, I still play with stocks, um, like in the every morning, but it's kind of just by myself and and sometimes with Shay. I know you know Shay, and um, yeah, and so. For me, it was my mom is a realtor and my dad owns, you know, I think like five or six doors. And so growing up, he would say, hey, if you want me to pay for your summer ball, because I played baseball growing up, yeah. you got to come work on these houses. So I was out laying bark, you know, painting, you know, doing all this little stuff just around real estate. And my mom was selling the deals. And um, I that was like my intro. And I always knew I was going to get my license, but I never had a single clue it was going to be my profession. Like not at all. Um, I happened to just go to a poker night and my team leader Vayner was there and I basically was like, Hey, if I beat you in this poker game, you got to give me a shot in an internship. Never played poker before. This is my second night ever. <laughs> and that next hand I went all in and I beat her. So I got a shot at the internship and, um, I just kept showing up. She tells people this story every time she's like this, like dude going to college just kept showing up every day. Like he was doing no deals, but he kept showing up. Right. And after a while, you just you're in the game so long, you start to pick up things and you start to try them, and they work. Some yes. of them work. And, I love and that. That's all it is. I you love know? that. I love that. You just showed up. That's exactly yeah. it, dude. That's exactly it. And that's like what ninety percent of people will not show up. Like they went, might go the first one. It was just like in uh, like I don't know if you guys went for high school sports tryouts, right? There's the kids that are like, I'm going to make the basketball team this year. They are all a talk. I've been training all summer long. I've been working out. I've been playing basketball, training my life away. I'm going to make the team this year. They show up to tryouts one day, and the, the, then they get in the tryouts. They don't have the best the best game. They go home. They don't come back. They will come back to day two or day three. That goes with everything in business and real estate as well. People try out these different strategies, and then they're like – you know what? It didn't work out the first time. I'm not going to show up the next day. And that's the what. That's the. I think that's the almost the number one design factor with if you're going to succeed or not. If you oh. sh if you can show up after you fail multiple times, that's what's going to lead to your success. Oh, 100 percent. And to add on to that, dude, I've like growing up, I was always a hustler. Like from the age of 12, I was going on offer up, trying to find phones to flip them and sell them. And like through high school, I tried everything you can think of, man. Drop shipping, Amazon FBA, stocks, like everything you can think of that was a side hustle. I tried it. And the one thing, like some of them I was good at, some of them I wasn't. But the only reason I really succeeded in real estate is because I showed up and I didn't quit. And I, and I, and even after eight months, I felt like I had an obligation to be there. 
So I was there. But with these other ones, I was not like that. And I feel I really do believe that's the only reason why this worked out for me. Right. 100%. 100 yeah, percent and i mean I, I i would say the same thing you know and i when i was getting into the real estate game like uh when i was trying to buy my first property you know i made good money from stocks i made i took my portfolio like literally to six figures just from <laughs> the, the crazy options trade we were doing the stock discord um <laughs> which is insane <laughs> it's so insane uh, but i ended up like okay this is probably time to diversify some of my assets i'm starting to get a little overwhelmed with how much money i have in the stock account so i went to go buy my first property with my little brother jackson and uh we were just we just said screw it like let's go to san diego so we went down into uh we took our tahoe the car the five thousand dollar piece of crud tahoe suburban that we had piled in all of our stuff which wasn't much and uh we're like if we don't figure it out like we're going to live in the Tahoe. Like that's what, that's our only other option. Right. So, um, you know, and we offered on house on house on house, like we have to get this house. This is like, we, we saw the market ripping, like we have to get in right now. This is the time. And first offer $20,000 over asking second offer $50,000 over asking all these investors, foreign people were coming in, just buying up cash offers. I was like, dude, like we did eight offers. We're like, dude, should we just go home? Like, is this too much? Are we, are we biting off too much? We can chew. And I was like, nah bro let's keep going so we were literally there for nine months nine months just think about it, guys put yourself in that perspective nine months you just like going back and forth with like just offer on offer and offer getting shut down every single time you'd be you'd be pretty beat <laughs> so, oh yeah sure. and then that's when we're like okay you know what we show we showed up enough times i don't think it's gonna happen unless we get a miracle let's send it to te uh, dallas texas so that's when we went to dallas texas and I mean, there's a whole nother crazy story with that whole <laughs> that whole thing. But after the third offer, we got the house, and that's literally what set my like. I I made four thousand dollars of profit last month, and it paid for my living, paid for my food, groceries, eating out, paid for the Tesla payment because we leverage that that's stuff, of course. Like it's insane, and it's just that one property. You you do uh you have some long term rentals right out in um. Yeah. So I, I closed on my first one in March and I'm closing on my second one tomorrow. That's so I cool. do. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. Um, that is, they're both duplexes out in Moses Lake. Uh, it's a couple hours from where I live. Um, and my first one was on market. I bought on market. Um, and you know, it wasn't the greatest deal in the world, but it was my first and it got my foot in the door and it taught me a shit ton about remodeling and what I need to do, how to work with contractors. And then once I got that first one under my belt, man, this second one's a breeze, man. Right. Like so easy. Did you, so, uh, so did you remodel your first one like yourself or did you hire a team? I hired someone to go in there and do it. I was fortunate enough. One of my mentor owns quite a bit out there. And so he kind of referred me to some people. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, but I was driving out there. It's three and a half hours from me. And I was driving out there every week, you know, to check up on it. And and there's a lot that goes into it. It's very stressful. Um, but I did remodel one side. And um, and I rented it out for, you know, probably the most I could get out on that area. Right. And, um, yeah, so I'm closing on my second one, which is right across the street from it, which is super cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Right there. Right there. That's that's right. actually awesome, dude. I'm, I'm, uh, congratulations on the second house. Um, Appreciate when you were re When you, you were, like, checking in on it, did you – because I've heard of some crazy stories of some investors actually living in, like, the other unit – while they're fixing up the first one, but the other, the unit that they're living in isn't even like fixed up to like habitable conditions. Like, right. like was that you or not? Not, not really. <laughs> no, I, I got kind of lucky. Um, 
So, I mean, like when the market was really cooking and it's still pretty busy with um, my business right now over in Seattle, um, I did build up like a good amount of reserves just from selling in houses. And um, what did happen though, is I hired a crackhead to do my floors and paint. And <laughs> let me just say that is a uh, $4,000 I'll never get back. So I did have to redo all of that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the cheap route is not always the best route. Let's just go that. That's, let, let's just go that. Oh, wait. So wait a second. So you hired a crackhead <laughs> to do your repainting and your just, just repainting your floors. Yes. And my mentor had a guy, he was probably double what this dude was going to do it for. And so I was like, Yo, I, I got this guy. I spoke to him. He seems like a really down to earth <laughs> dude. You know, I'm gonna use him for my floors, and you know, I I hired another contractor to go in there because he's taking too long, and I found out he's doing crack, and so, <laughs> oh um, yeah. So it was it was a nightmare. I had to get all my walls repainted, and I lost like three weeks worth of time and payments, and then four grand in materials and, and labor. So. Oh. That is just. I only learned a lesson from that, man. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to learn it, right? But there you right. go, right there is an example, like at taking action. You know, like, hey, right. this might be cheaper and more affordable, and it might work out. But if it doesn't, what's gonna happen? Oh, I'm gonna have to, do, I'm gonna have to figure it out. And what'd you do? You figured right. it out. You took action. It wasn't the best action, but you learned from it, right? Right. <laughs> right. No, exactly. <laughs> I can just imagine walking in there and you just seeing. Did you catch him doing it? Was it? Did you, you walk in? No. I didn't catch him doing it, but the other dude I had that was doing other work there, like, was like, bro, like, you got to get this dude gone. And I'm like, oh, no, man. It so, was horrible. From, from yeah. that story, we can all learn. You just pay the extra dime to get the job done. Don't hire the crackhead that's across the street. <laughs> yes. Yes. Go with uh, that. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So, um, you know, so what, are you just renting it out? Is that is that your plan? You're just gonna rent it out, get cash flow. Are you making pretty good cash flow on a duplex? I've heard that, like you know, as you go on with duplexes, it prints pretty good, right? Yeah. So right now, I am cash flowing on my first one about four hundred fifty bucks a month, which okay. is pretty cool. Right. The second one I'm closing on, I'm super excited about. Um, it has a section eight tenant and the garage can be converted to a fourth bedroom, which the, um, little voucher they have will pay you more for if I just right. put a window in there right. and I'll cash flow about nine fifty on that one. So I'll have 1400 awesome. coming in every month just from real estate cash flow. That is awesome. There you go. Yeah. Section eight is a whole nother game too. I want to get some education in the, in the community for that, but section eight is pretty much where you, uh, so pretty much you qualify for a program and the tenant is actually going to get their majority of the rent paid. Is, is it, is it all the rent or is it, it's majority of the rent? Yeah. It kind of depends on their income, but for the most part, it's all of their rent. Right. So majority or all of their rent, um, by the government. So that's one thing that, you know, I, I like to say is like, uh, if, if you're worried about, you know, a recession happening or, you know, tenants leaving and not being able to pay their rent, you know, section A is a great, really good route to go because you got the government paying it. And I mean, if the government goes broke, we probably have bigger problems on our hands. Um, right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. But that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. So, I mean, taking the next level up, are you, what's your plans going forward from that? Are you looking to get into multifamily or are you just going to stick with duplexes? Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard for me. I'm kind of, I have like a lot of different, um, like cards up my sleeve, I guess. Like I'm pretty knowledgeable with like the entire burn method. Cause that's what my mentor really teaches. And then, um, on the flip side, I have a buddy 
who I might have to connect you guys with, but he's got like 135 units in a, in a resort and he's only 23 years old, all seller financed. Wow. And so I've also learned a ton from him. Um, and so like, honestly, if I find a great leverage deal where I can sell or finance something, I'm going to do it. If not, the bird method is what I want to do as well. Uh, but my end goal is I want 15 properties paid off. Um, and I know a lot of people might think that's dumb, but for me, I want peace of mind and I could leverage my money and probably get a hundred properties. Right. But for me, if I have, you know, 15 properties times $3,000 a month, 45 grand coming in every month and I can retire off that. I don't want to do anymore. That's all I want. <laughs> that's it. <Yeah>. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean right. that's that's a good that's a good point though. That's a good point to bring up, right? A lot of people think that you know I got to get a fifty grand, a hundred grand, you know, a million coming in every single month. It's right. really you really just got to put it in perspective, like like because I I've seen so many people, right? I've 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 got a lot of connections that are um, very successful people, and the majority of these people. Um, just aren't happy because they push themselves to extreme limits, right? They're never happy. Right. They keep pushing themselves too farther and farther and farther beyond. Like, oh, I'm not satisfied here. Maybe this will satisfy me. When really, that's not the actual issue. Um, right. I, I think that's a good point. I think that you know you should set up a goal and a plan and say, I'm satisfied with that. I don't need to go any farther. I'm ready to chill out and cool it. And I mean, it, it, we're, we're we're young. We're tw I'm 24. You're right. 21. Like right. it's crazy to the point. Like okay. You're going to probably get that before you're 26, 27, I would say, you know, and that's like mm -hmm. insane. So it's like, you know, really taking consideration. How far do you want to go? Is 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 that rich lifestyle you make? And Andrew Tate's making millions a month. Is that something you actually want to do? Or is it something like, oh, I could be satisfied with 50 grand a month. I mean, that's still pretty good, too, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's what after, like, you know, realizing all of that, um, that was another big thing, too, in real estate, man. It's like. I said I go to sell three houses my first year, and I did like eighteen or nineteen, and um, and I was just I was kind of I felt a little unhappy for some reason, you know, and it was because I just kept comparing myself to other people and other realtors killing it, and so I took a big step back and was like, look, this is all I want, man. If I can do this for myself, I'm happy. I don't need to be anything more than that. So that's another whole other thing, but. right? Right. That's great. No, that, that yeah. is really good. That comes down to mindset, being able to control your mindset too. You know, it's like, right. uh, cause you, cause there's so many different desires and wants in this world. And if you are comparing yourself to other people all the time, it can mm -hmm. leave a bad impact on you. Your personal, you like your mo emotional and mental health is number one guys for sure. Right. Um, but going off that, I, I wanted to ask you, cause I, I know when I, when, when I say that you're writing buckets of notes, you're writing buckets of notes. I want I want to hear your strategy. Cause I know you have, um, and we talked about this last podcast, but you would write down you would write down certain goals that you needed to achieve. I think it was by like um, month by month, or it was by like three years. What was that? Explain that. Yeah, so I actually uh, I have all of my boards up um, here. I'll just turn my camera for a quick yeah. second, but you guys can see right there. That's yeah. my goal board. I just made it. I make one every September, and then I make goals every month, and then for every week. So it sounds like a lot, but I have. And it's not like big goals every week. It's like small things that I can control. You know, like right. for me, it's, this week I want to make 150 contacts. I need to talk to 30 people a day. And if I don't do that on Monday, I need to talk to 60 people on Tuesday to make up for it. Um, and I kind of just set a goal and then a plan. And then I kind of tracked backwards. But my goals for this year is I want to sell 50 houses. I want to buy 10, 10 units. I'm at two if for the one that's closing tomorrow. Um, post 45 reels and 12 YouTube videos 
And then um, I want to grow my Instagram and TikTok following. It's something I've been lacking on. And Kyle's harped on me for like <laughs> the last year or two to get on it. And I just haven't. So we'll, we'll I'm trying to there. get back on it. Uh, yeah. That's great. That's great. And I mean, that's so that's do you look at that every single morning? Or how, how often do you look at that? Would you say every morning? Every I have morning. a business plan. I literally look at every single morning when I wake up and it's something I started doing like four or five months ago. It sounds repetitive. I know it does. And I always used to think that too. But when I look at it every morning and I just see what I need to do to get to that certain point, it just reminds me. It's not it's nothing more than a reminder to right. like, all right, today, if I just if I make my calls from eight to eleven and I have this meeting at, at two is if if there's nothing else I do but that, I'll be happy with myself today because I know I'm still on track to achieve my goals. Right. hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that goes that's pretty much manifestation. You're looking at yourself, you're envisioning yourself hitting those goals and you're you're like, Okay, what do I have to do today to get to that place that I wanna be, right? I think right. that's a really good I, I used to do that too. I used to do that every single when I was in one spot. Now I'm in a, in a new Airbnb every single month and I'm trying to keep track of having my favorite pair of pants in my in my suitcase before <laughs> I leave. Right. But I think that's a really good um way to set yourself up to be able to really envision your life where you want to go um, and you making sure that every single day you wake up you look at that and you're like this is what I need to do to get here and that's exactly right. what I'm going to do uh, right. I just think that's a great strategy I th I'm, I'm, I'm impressed yourself doing it. I love it that's exactly uh -huh. what I'm talking about um, but so going going off that what is the most valuable uh tip that you would say your mentor or anyone in the game really gave you when you were getting started in this so as a real estate agent our th this game is a contact sport it's a contact sport how many people can you talk to about real estate and that's it. I mean, and it took me a while to learn that, but the more people that you talk to about real estate, the more chances you have of finding someone that wants to engage in real estate. So um, for me, this is a little bit of what I do in the morning. And so there's a couple niches of people you can call as a realtor. The first is expired, uh, expired listing. So these are properties that were listed with another agent. The agent didn't sell the house and now they're off the market. The second is for sale by owners. These are people selling on their own. And then the third that I like to target is some type of niche. There's probate leads, which is basically if there's a death in the family, properties passed down. There's absentees, which are out-of-state owners. They own a rental property in your city. Or you can just call around your city or like a listing that you have. So I'll call the expires and fizzbos in the morning. That takes me 45 minutes. Um, I probably have 10 of them every day. And I might only have two or three pickups, but I'm calling them all. And then I roll into absentees. So I'm calling people that have rentals in my city. I'm like, this is literally my script. I'm going to say it right now if you don't mind, uh, yeah, Kyle. Ribbit, ribbit. It, it's just like, hey, Kyle. Hey, hey, who's this? Hey, Kyle, this is Alex. I'm actually a local realtor in Federal Way. Before you hang up on me, Kyle, do you mind if I ask you a quick question? 99% of the time they say, uh, they're curious. Uh, what are you asking? And I'm like, <laughs> hey, just curious. With the market shifting in Federal Way, have you had any thoughts on selling your property off of 12th Avenue? And 90% of them are going to say no, but you're going to get 10% that are like, Oh, we thought about it maybe in the next six to eight months. Great. Let me grab your best email. I'm going to send you a resume and then I'm going to follow up with you in three or four months just to see where you're at. You follow up with them in three or four months. Hey, we're two or three months away, Alex. Hey, could I set up an appointment just to check out the property? You go meet them, build a relationship, list the house and sell it. And that's right. my everyday plan, man. Every day. That's that's awesome. I love that. It's a contact sport. That's a great. Yeah. I like that. That built my curiosity right there. Um, yeah. No, it 100% is. That's what we tell everyone in the community as well too, right? 
tell every single person what you're doing, whether it's you in real estate, whether it's you in business, whether it's you doing whatever, right? Be very vocal with what you're doing, even if it comes off weird a few times because you're a little anxiety out and you're a little antisocial. It's okay. It's okay. They're going to forget about it in like a minute or two minutes. Don't worry about it. But go out there and tell people what you're doing because that's going to lead to more opportunity. They're going to be like, oh, wait a second. Alex told me that he was selling, he was a realtor selling houses. I actually know a friend that wanted to sell a house. And then they're going to pass it on to his way. And right there and then he just closed the deal. And that goes with wholesaling. That goes with literally everything, right? Mm -hmm. Literally everything. So take that for, take that with, with everything you do in life. Oh, yeah, um, man. Yeah, right. literally my, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. You're there. good. You're good. Keep on. Gym owner today. He comes in while I'm, I'm on the bench press and he's like, Hey, Alex, you think uh, after you're done with your workout, you can come talk to me? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And he's like, hey, so uh, Cole, another dude at the gym, was telling me you're into real estate. I'm looking to buy this house in XYZ. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can absolutely help you out. Just a story to add on to that. Right, you know, right there, right there. Word of mouth. Right there. Right. Uh, I want to ask you, what is the, like the craziest or most interesting story? Maybe it was with the listing. Maybe it was at uh, one of these um, you know, investor or real estate conferences. Any, any crazy story that you've had? Bro, I had one where I showed a house. They had a pen of horses, right? They had like a pen of horses um, at, at this house. It's kind of like farmland, really nice house. And um, I'm showing it to some clients and we're walking and leaving the showing. They like the house. And one of the horses escaped from the, from the, um, the little gate that it was stuck in. And I'm like, oh God, what do I do? I'm going to call the listing agent. And my client says, Alex, don't worry. I'm from the South. And she goes and grabs this horse, like puts it in some type of like, like, it's not like she wasn't choking or anything, just like a kind of like a headlock or she grabbed the horse and dragged it back into the pen, bro. And, and we left and, and they ended up buying the fucking house. <laughs> so it, it was just a funny story on just like a, it was crazy. Like that is, that is crazy. I mean, if you're, if you're showing, if you're showing a client a house and uh, something goes wrong and he, <laughs> the client comes back with you. Don't worry. I'm from the South. You got, right. you, you got something there. You got something there. Wow. They really put in a headlock and just put it, ripped it right back in. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, yeah, I don't even want to say it was like a horse. It was like a pony, you know, like a, yeah. I don't know, like a smaller horse and it was interesting, but um, <laughs> that was crazy. Like for sure, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. That was my best story though. That is a good story. That is a good story. Well, the only story that I really have from Airbnb guests is that uh, um, we actually had, um, you know, some some weird family actually booked my Airbnb. Well, this was before I had all the checks and balances before uh, we were checking guests before they came in. And uh -huh. this this Airbnb guest came in and literally uh, was like being, being super weird. Neighbors were calling, freaking out, saying that they were outside walking around at 2, 3 in the morning around the house. I was like, uh oh, this could be bad. Oh, neighbors are your, like, you got to make sure your neighbors are taken care of when you have Airbnb properties because they're the one thing that's going to shut you down. Right. Uh, so I'm like, no, no, no worries. Let me take care of it. I'm so sorry to happen. Uh, we'd sent them cookies and they were all good after that. But uh, this guest shoots me a call after I heard this, like, probably like a day later. And they're asking, like, could not understand them. Like, they were not making sense. I was like, uh, what, what do you, what's going on? They're like, I was wondering where the pool controls are. The pool. I'm like, they're in the back, and it's on the uh, it's on the uh, QR code that I sent to you. And they're like, no, no, I got that, I got that, but I I need to empty out the pool. I'm like, what? What? You're gonna empty out the pool? Why are you gonna empty out the pool? And he's like, um, 
like really slow response and he goes I accidentally dropped my watch in there I need to get it out and I was like what the heck is going on like what yeah I'm like you're not gonna empty the pool for that I think you could jump in and dive and get it though and the, the, the guest was like, oh, okay, okay, we'll figure it out, and just hung up. I was like, dude, am I going to walk up to my Airbnb property tomorrow, and there's going to be an empty, like, 30-gallon pool? <laughs> like, am I going to have to fill this up again? Oh, that's so random. Oh, my I was, God. I was like, oh, my God, this is about to be a shit show. Um, <laughs> and we got we got Gypsy in the chat saying, and Bradshaw talks up in this <laughs> baby love from Gypsy. <laughs> I love that. Gypsy, my man. What a dog, bro. All right. So I want to ask you this. This is this is one of the last questions. I want to get into a couple of books that you might recommend for the community, and uh, you know your number one advice. But what where do you see yourself? Like, do you when, once you get these properties, you know, you got forty five thousand dollars coming in a month. You're pretty satisfied with your how much money you're making off real real estate. What do you see yourself going from there? Like, do you think you're going to be done out of real estate? Do you think you're just going to pick it up as a passion? Or are you going to go do something kind of completely out of the blue out of real estate? Mm-hmm. So for me, I have some pretty big goals. Once I kind of, I want to someday start my own team or brokerage um, and and build that up. And I want to have a really cool atmosphere, you know, where we really just like thrive off, you know, everyone doing well. So that's my number one goal. From there, I have some pretty big aspirations. Like I'd love to create a property management company, um, a title company, a lending company, and just kind of have a bunch of different branches around real estate. Um, and my biggest goal is I'm from federal way, which is like 30 minutes South of Seattle. And I really rep my city hard cause I love it here. Right. Um, but I have a, a nonprofit that I sort of run called federal way building blocks. And so my end goal is I can create our homeless rate where I'm from and federal way is pretty bad. Like we're probably right. known as one of the more ghetto cities. And my goal is to somehow create a bunch of tiny little units where we give, people that are homeless, as long as they pass a drug test and keep a job for six months, we give them housing, financial education, food, everything they need to survive. Only thing they need to agree to is that we're taking 90% of their income, which sounds bad, but hold on. (laughs) At the end of their six month term, we're going to keep that money in a high yield savings account. And we're going to give that back to them. So they won't have a down payment. They now have some financial literacy. And then they also were able to build their credit and have employment history. So they can go get into an apartment and restart their lives. So it's, you know, it's teaching them how to fish instead right. of giving them, you know, giving them handouts. Right. That's my angle. That's I, the angle. I love that. I love that. That sounds, it sounds like it hasn't been done before, to be honest. That sounds like something completely innovative. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is, that's great, dude. That's honestly Thanks, great. Appreciate I, that. I, I do know that that issue over, over there is, is uh, pretty, pretty out of control. And I think, uh, yeah. It needs it needs someone like Alex Bradshaw to come in and and, ta- and taper the pony, get the pony in the headlock and take control. You know. <laughs> hey man, I hope so. That's that's the goal that I would love to do that and just do that full time. That'd right. be so cool. One hundred percent. That's awesome, man. Um, last last question. Uh, if you could go back and tell little Brad little Bradshaw back in the day, what advice would you give him? If I could go back and ask my or give myself some advice, it would be. To stay patient and do not let failure discourage you. That's the two things that I think run most real estate agents out of the business. It took me eight months to get my first deal, man. And like, if I was fortunate enough to be young enough where like I'm living with my parents still, I had nothing to lose. But if I had a family to take care of, 
and I wasn't producing for eight months. Like I could only hold up for so long. But ultimately, every time I had some type of little thing that just pushed me off the edge, I kept telling myself, I feel like I did a pretty good job of this, but it was like, if I just keep working hard, I know I can do it. Other people have done it. I know I can do it. I just have to stay consistent, keep climbing the ladder. That's the biggest thing I would tell myself. And then also to stay patient, man. You don't, I don't need to own, like, I don't need to be the richest man in the world by 25. I don't need to have 100 rentals by 22. Just be satisfied with, you know, I'd say be content with where you're at. Don't be satisfied. You know, be content, be happy with yourself, but always want more. And that was something I struggled with because I saw these people doing huge things and I had huge, like, goals for myself, but I wasn't hitting them. And um, it was just being patient and then also not letting failure discourage you because we all face it, man. And in order to succeed, you have to fail. That's without a doubt, you know. 100%. 100%. No, I would have to agree with that too. I, I mean, I've failed so many times and, you know, I was uh, like, if, if I got, I got discouraged many times as well too. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can keep going on, on this route, but um, right. you know, push, pushing through and just actually seeing that, that light at the end of the tunnel that will get you there. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, okay. Oh yeah. Last, last thing, any mm-hmm. books that you would recommend? I know we t- asked you last time, uh, rich dad, poor dad. We're not allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> I got a, I got a couple. Um, my favorite book of all time is the compound effect by Darren Hardy. I want you all, if there's one thing you take away from me is to go and read that damn book. It is a short, it's a story. It's very interesting. It's not like you're reading a bunch of lecture notes. It's not a boring book. It's a story. But it just shows you the importance of doing a little bit of something for a long period of time and how that compound effect is exponential. It's going to be slow when you start, but if you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you're going to start breaking through. And I feel like I remember being on that journey when I was just starting and it just nothing was changing. But now it feels like every day or every month, I just feel like I'm just breaking a new a new layer that I I felt I'd never be at, you know. And so that's my favorite book of all time. Um Another thing for real estate is Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blount. I just finished that book and it's one of my favorites of all time too. Another book about just it's a contact sport. You gotta you gotta talk to people. Right. Um and then a book that I've never actually read, but a lot of people recommend me, and I'm probably gonna read soon is The Million Dollar Agent. They say it's the Bible of Real Estate. It's written by Keller Williams, the guy who invented Keller Williams Realty. Crazy. Um so that's another great book. So I'd say those are my three like go to. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah. Got the, we got that compound book in here. Jackson Jackson reads it like three times a week. <laughs> that's my God. Yes, that is my go-to book, man. Uh, that's that's awesome. What well, awesome! I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I think with the biggest thing that we can take away from this is that you know if you are struggling right now, if if you are failing, if you are seeing failure, you are gonna look back on that failure in like a year, maybe six months, maybe three years. You're gonna look back on it. You're gonna be like, damn. I want to go back to that time. I want to go back to that grind and hustle. And you're not going to be looking at it as a failure. You're going to be looking at it as a journey and a pathway. So I appreciate you, Bradshaw, for giving out your value and knowledge. Um, and you know what? I think you're going to have to come back on next year because I'm liking the recurring thing. You know, it's a lot of value, man, a lot of value. And you're young and you're killing it, bro. And I, I can't wait to see what you do in this life. Oh, I appreciate it, man. And, and one last thing before I go to is – not to plug Asset Estate, but this is a great community, and I still talk to many people that I met in Asset Entities, Asset Estate. I still am combined with them, and it's the same thing as my community with you know with Thatch and all that good stuff. It's like 
like-minded people chasing the same thing, build that relationship with them, get an accountability partner, have someone that you know is in this community, go find them, go build some accountability so that, hey, John, if I don't have 150 contacts, I'm going to go run a Murph, which is like two miles, 100 push-ups, all that good right. stuff. Right. This is a great community. Take everything in. This is where you're really going to make money. School is great, but this is what's really going to propel you. So just want to throw that in there. Straight Sorry. up. Yeah, I forgot. I, I didn't even disclose that. Uh, Brad Shaw was actually in the stock discord two years ago. Uh, he came mm -hmm. along and that's actually how I met Brad Shaw. And uh, he, he still hangs out with Shay. Who's uh, how old is Shay now? Shay's 14. He's insane. He's 14 <laughs> years old, but Shay found our community as well. And now, now, <laughs> oh now he's, he's flipping shoes at a mass scale. He's flipping. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't want to say, I don't know anything, but I mean, if you yeah, he's, just know he's 14 with a large bank account. Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> Let's just keep but it at that. That's, that's just pretty much showing like, like Shay came in two years ago too. He was 12 years old and he, he actually won some merch and we delivered it to him. Uh, uh -huh. but, but like just, just right there, like he's still, Bradshaw's still uh, talking to Shay. Um, mm -hmm. These like-minded individuals that you connect with on the, on the internet, don't just take them for granted. They are something great and you you can make some great opportunities come true with them um, if you actually, you know, you, you utilize them. But uh, I, that's all I got. Thank you, Alex, for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you greatly, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for having me, man.